Welcome, Cathedral of Faith. It is time to worship the Lord. God is good and all the time. The Bible says in Psalms 145, it says, one generation will command your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. You know, Cathedral of Faith, praise and worship doesn't start with us, and it certainly doesn't end with us. But we have the honor and the distinct privilege to be part of that echo, how the praises of God goes from generation to generation to generation. So we encourage you, wherever you're at, to lift your voice, express your gratitude and thanksgiving to God as we worship the Lord. Father, we thank you for your mighty works. We thank you for your glorious splendor. And Lord, we want to express the best way we know how in this moment to lift up our voice, to lift up our hearts, and to give thanks and to give honor where honor is due. We love you, Lord. Be lifted high, be seated high upon the praises of your people, and we will shout of your wondrous name. In Jesus' name, all God's people shouted. Amen. Come on, let's worship. Night has fallen when fear is common, but still you're calling me. When faith is lost and my hope exhausted, you will be my strength. When my mind says I'm not good enough, God, you're enough for me. I've decided I'm you won't give up on me, you won't give up on me.
thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. What powerful words we've just sang. In fact, there's a great biblical truth in this song that says, when we lift our voices in praise to God, he gives us his strength. All throughout the Bible, we read passages like that. In Psalm 59, we read, Oh, my strength, I sing praise to you. You, oh God, are my fortress, my loving God. In Exodus, in Psalms, in Isaiah, we read verses like this. The Lord is my strength and my song. It links singing with receiving God's strength. It links praising God with receiving his strength. So I hope in these moments you just don't watch, but you enter in and God's strength will fill you as you lift your voice in praise. Let me just remind you one more time. The Lord is your strength. Well, welcome to Cathedral of Faith. This is a place where the love is lived out. It's a place where everyone's welcome and no one's perfect and anything is possible. And when we talk about the love being lived out, it's not just any love. It's not some emotional love. It's the love of God. Because he loved us, we can love. We can love him. We can love our community. We can love one another. Speaking of one another, it's so great to be back regathering. I encourage you to come out and join us, not only for our weekend services, but we've been having some special Saturday night outreaches. On Father's Day weekend, we had a powerful time together as a church family, playing games, eating at our Father's Day barbecue. It was a lot of fun with lots of great fellowship and time together, and you can see that it was just a special time for us as we celebrated relationship and God's plan for us. A shout out to Lauren for all of her leadership, to Pastor Irene, to Pastor Vaughn, Pastor Ramel. Shout out to the men's ministry for their great cooking abilities and thanks to Frontline Ministry and to the single adult ministry for helping make it happen. We are better together. And in fact, Megan's gonna tell you in a few minutes some of the upcoming Saturday night opportunities that you have to be part of fellowshipping with us and receiving a blessing. Well, speaking of blessings, it's been my privilege to have led over a thousand people on missions trips around the world. I've been able to visit 56 countries, 49 states, and in each one of those, there are beautiful landscapes, beautiful mountains and lakes and rivers and oceans. There's beautiful buildings that man has created. There's so many great experiences I've had, but I need to tell you this. There's no experience anywhere in the world that compares with walking in the Holy Land where Jesus walked. In 15 months, September of 2022, Kurt and I are going to be leading a team to go to the Holy Land. It's going to be a special time for you to be out and experience some of the things that we hear about in the Bible. In fact, you can see on the screen some pictures. There's a picture up there of Pastor Ken, Pastor Vaughn and I out on the Sea of Galilee, out right where this sermon series happened that we're hearing about right now. You can see under that the Mount of Beatitudes where Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount. You can see the Valley of Elah where I'm picking up a stone in the same place that David picked up five stones when he slew Goliath. And then you see Pastor Shelley and Lauren getting ready to be baptized in the Jordan, which is always a highlight every time when we go. We would love to have you join us. And this Sunday, June 27th, following the two morning services at 10.15 and 12.15, we're going to have an information meeting in the chapel. We'd love to have you come. If you've ever dreamed about it or thought about it or something inside of you says, oh, I want to do that, even though it looks impossible, come out and join us, hear about the trip, ask your questions, and we believing that God is going to have a powerful experience for us as we go there and walk where Jesus walked. Well, speaking of blessings, From the very beginning of the Bible all the way through, there's a powerful truth that's been part of our DNA here at Cathedral. It's this. We've been blessed to be a blessing. It started with Abraham when God says, I'm going to bless you, Abraham, so that you can be a blessing. And God has blessed us to be a blessing. And in this moment, we demonstrate our recognition of that as we bring our tithes and offerings. You can go to our church app. You can go online. You can text the number on the screen or write out a check and mail it to the church or drop it by during the week. This is a way that you can demonstrate your gratitude that God has blessed you and you can be a blessing to his work, 
to this church and to the community. While speaking of blessings and being blessed, here comes Megan with some opportunities that are coming up. Hello, Cathedral family. You are in your father's house, so sit back, relax, and enjoy service. We're so happy to have you here this weekend, and we have some very exciting things coming up here at Cathedral. On Sundays at 8.30 to 12.30, our coffee shop is now open, so now you can be filled with the word of the Lord and a good cup of coffee. We also have our Cathedral Worship Playlist live on Spotify. So now you can worship with us in your car. All the songs from our Live in the Round album are on there and also songs that we sing on worship on the weekends. Be sure to also follow us on our social media pages like our YouTube at Cathedral Worship or our Instagram. Coming in July, we're having two concerts. So you're gonna wanna make sure that you can invite your friends, your families to come out to these amazing events. Our first one is July 10th and it has Teron Brooks, our soulful Broadway singer. He's going to be taking a new wave and a fresh spin on Broadway classics and some of his contemporary favorites. So be sure to be there. Our second concert is on July 31st, and we're gonna be having the Prince of Poppers featuring Jessica Johnson. It's gonna be a jazz night under the stars. So be sure to come out because it's gonna be a really good time. With all these amazing events coming up, be sure to mark them on their calendars. Invite your friends and family because you're not gonna to wanna to miss out on all the fun things coming to Cathedral. We love you, be blessed. Have a great Sunday. Hello, Cathedral family and friends. Thanks again for joining with us as we're on this journey to water walking. Did you know that there's a lizard that's actually known as the Jesus lizard? The official name is the basilisk lizard. Say that 10 times fast. But the reason it's often called the Jesus lizard is it can actually walk on water. It, it runs more than it walks. And it's usually hunting or being hunted when that happens. But it's an amazing thing. It can move up to five feet per second. And it hits the water with such force with these long toes. It creates an air pocket that enables it to walk on water. Now, if it does fall, and sometimes it does, it also knows how to swim. And that's what I want to talk to you about over the next few moments. What happens when you're walking on water and you start to sink. Let's turn again to Matthew chapter 14 and our water walking story that we find there. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. On a side note, if Jesus needed to get alone to pray, maybe we do too. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once and said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am her here. Courage. I am. Fear not. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. I wonder if at this moment, Peter hesitated. 
that he said, Jesus, thank you for inviting me to come out onto the water, but let's wait until the waves settle down, until the wind stops blowing, until the sun is out shining. Let's wait for better conditions. I know in my own life, there's this tendency to, to wait when Jesus says move and to move when Jesus says wait. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? And yet whenever Jesus gives his invitation to come, that's when it's time to move. You know, during the pandemic, the reaching out program has been such a blessing to the community. You know, in the first five months of this year alone, we've distributed more than $14 million worth of food to over 200,000 people. Now, what you may not know is when we were building the reaching out facility, it was back in the early 90s, right in the middle of the recession. Now, that's not a good time to start a building project. When there's an economic turndown, that's the time to, to hunker down and to stay in the boat. That would be the natural thing to do. And yet sometimes Jesus calls us beyond the natural because he wants to do something supernatural. He called us out of the boat to start that building. We took the step of faith. And God, as God does, rode in that step, on that step of faith. He showed up and he showed off. And here you can see us dedicating the building right in the middle of an economic storm. Let me ask you a question. Are you on the edge of the boat but you're hesitating. Well, Jesus has invited you to come out onto the water, but yet you're waiting for better conditions. The Bible says if you wait for perfect conditions, then you'll never get anything done. Can I give you a pastoral nudge? If Jesus says come, it's time to move. When Matthew 14, we continue reading, it says Peter went over the side of the boat. You got to give him his props. He doesn't hesitate. He steps out in faith and walks on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. As I mentioned last week, well, fear will sink you faster than anything else. It would sink Peter, follow his journey and Fear is the thing that, well, would sink him most often. Uh, the night before Jesus is crucified, Peter is out in a courtyard and people accuse him of being a follower of Jesus. And Peter denies it. Not just once, not just twice. He denies it three times. Now why? Why in the world would he distance himself from the best friend he ever had? It was because of fear. Fast forward again to the early church. Peter is a leader in the early church. And he was a champion for the Gentiles. Even though he was an apostle to the Jewish people and the apostle Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, he was a champion for Gentile Christians. And this was very important because the biggest racial divide in the first century was between Jews and Gentiles. And so for Peter, in the city of Antioch, for him to spend weeks there and, and eat with Gentile Christians and to take the Lord's Supper with Gentile Christians, that was a very big deal. And then some of his Jewish peers from Jerusalem show up and Peter distances himself from his Gentile brothers and sisters. Why would he do that? Why would he reject those whom God had accepted? Why would he distance himself? It was because of fear. Fear is the thing that sank Peter most often. And fear is the thing that will sink us. But thanks be to God. When Peter falls, he falls into the arms of Jesus. When we sink we have a savior. Can somebody say amen to that? Let's continue reading this story in Matthew 14. We read this. 
Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. How do you bounce back from failure? Have you ever had that sinking sensation? Here at the Cathedral of Faith, we're, we're very different. It's a very diverse community. We have people from different ethnic backgrounds and economic backgrounds. We have people from different generations with different accomplishments. We have people with different music tastes and they root for different teams. Some of them are Raider fans and the rest. Well, I just don't understand. But the one thing we have in common, even if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, the one thing you and I have in common is failure. We've all experienced failure. In fact, I invite you to say this with me. I have failed. Would you say it with me? I have failed. Don't you feel a little bit freer after that? You know, we're not the only ones. I I was reading that 75% of venture capital backed startups fail. And that 81% of new hires don't work out. And that 95% of products that are introduced into the market each year, that they don't cut it. And that 100% of our bodies, well, I saw this one comic and the comic said this. It said, as a kid, I think I ate too many Rice Krispies. Now all my body does is snap, crackle, and pop. (laughs) You know, our bodies are failing too. You know, failure is a part of the human condition. And yet, when we're young, it seems that there's a bit of resilience in all of us. For example, when you and I were first starting to walk, does anybody remember this right here? We can all identify with that little guy on TikTok. When we were learning to walk, we fell down, but we didn't stay down. We didn't say to ourselves, well, I guess this walking thing isn't for me. I don't want people seeing me fall. It's so embarrassing. No, the fact that you're walking shows that we had resilience, that we got up, we fell down again, and we got up and we fell down again. But each time we were getting a little stronger, a little more balance, until eventually we walk all the way to the other side of the room. It's interesting. When it comes to failure, some people are energized by it. I mean, they don't aim for failure. They don't like failure. They don't want to fail. And yet, failure doesn't defeat them. Instead, it motivates them. They turn that stumbling block into a stepping stone. Recently, my wife and I had a chance to go visit our son. He lives in Utah. It's a beautiful part of the country where he lives. And we were out there just to see him and he was moving into a new place. And so we were helping him with that move. And my wife sent me to the store to get some light bulbs. Now that sounds like a simple thing. Just go to the aisle where the light bulbs are and pick one out. But have you gone to look for a light bulb recently? There's not just one option. There's a hundred options. And boy, you're looking at all these light bulbs. And are they regular? Are they LED? Are they clear? Are they frosted? No wonder you and I are so stressed out all the time. We've got all these options. Well, I picked some out, bought them, took them back to the apartment. Of course, they were the wrong light bulbs. So I had to go back to the store And when I returned them, there was a young lady behind the cash register. And that young lady, she just seemed to have a lot of wear and tear on her face. But I saw this tattoo that she had on her forearm. And that tattoo said, it's not a failure, it's a lesson. 
And I looked at her and I said, hey, I like that tattoo. And she smiled. She had this sparkle in her eye. And in that moment, I realized this was not something that was just written on her arm. This was something that was etched into her soul. Failure can energize you or it can paralyze you. There are other people when they experience failure, it crushes them. It crushes their spirit. It defeats them on the inside. And they determine in their hearts that they're never going to get out of the boat again. It was just too painful. So let me ask you a question. Deep down in your heart of hearts, which person are you? Are you energized or are you paralyzed? Boy, how we handle failure, failure management is one of the most important things in our lives. There's a psychologist by the name of Daniel Goleman. And this psychologist, he, he's uh, looked at studies involving high achievers, people from athletics and music, all kinds of fields. And he's found that the most important quality that they have, these high achievers, the one thing that sets them apart is their tenacity and their grit, their persistence in the face of setbacks above all else. So if you have experienced a setback, I want to stir up that inner toddler that's on the inside of you. Not the one that throws tantrums, but the one that's resilient. If you've had a setback in your career or with your finances or with your family or with your dating relationships or with your sobriety, if you've had a setback, stir up that inner toddler. The Bible says, though the righteous fall seven times, they will rise again. Watch this little girl and let that get in your spirit. I love that. Can you see yourself rising back up with resilience? Well, how do you fail forward? What does it look like to fail forward? All of us experience failure. How can we be energized by it? How can it motivate us to move forward instead of backwards? Well, here's a couple things that we see in the text. The first one is this, cry out to Jesus. Cry out to Jesus. My daughter recently was, was putting our, our two grandkids uh, to bed and, and normally she pray, prays separately with them but this time she prayed with them together and so she started out praying for our oldest Eli and she said Jesus thank you for this day watch over Eli as he sleeps and then she moved on to our youngest and she prayed Jesus thank you for this day watch over Chase as he sleeps and at that point Chase raised his head and interrupted the prayer and said, Mom, I don't need Jesus. Eli needs Jesus, but I don't need Jesus. Now, a few days later, my wife had a follow-up conversation with Chase and said, Chase, did you say you don't need Jesus? And Chase said, that's right. And she said, why don't you need Jesus? And Chase said, I'm a ninja. And my wife said, even ninjas need Jesus and as usual my wife is right we need Jesus in the most profound sense we need Jesus because when we sink 
We need a savior and only Jesus can save us in the way that we need saving. What the Bible says that when Peter fell into the water and and Peter, isn't that just, I mean, all of us are a bit like Peter. I mean, one moment we can be out of the boat with great faith walking in the water and then the next moment we can find ourselves sinking. But look at what the Bible says. It says, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. Peter sinks, but he falls into the arms of the Savior. And that's the thing about Jesus. There's a lot of people who want to be around you when you're a success. But Jesus is there when we fail. And when we sink into his arms... Boy, that's a moment where you really get in touch with his unconditional love. It's when I'm sinking in my failure and I sink into the arms of Jesus, I get it. I really do. That even when I'm at my worst, he's the one that loves me best. And when my failure takes me to a place where I experience and understand And I'm grateful for the unconditional love of Jesus, even more than I've ever been before. That is how we turn failure on its head. Psalm 18, it reads, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. If you've had a setback, the first thing to do is to cry out to Jesus. Jesus, save me. Now, here's a second idea. And that's to use failure as a teacher, as a coach. The Bible says in Matthew 14 that after Jesus saves him, he scolds him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? Again, Peter is just like a lot of us where I can be out of the, on the water, great step of faith, And then the next moment, boy, I have a little bit of faith. I take my eyes off of Jesus and I start sinking in the water. Jesus saves him first. I'm glad he saves us first. But then he scolds Peter because he loves Peter right where he's at, but he loves him too much to leave him where he's at. He wants Peter to use this as a learning experience, as a growing experience. And that, again, is how we turn failure on its head and we turn it from a stumbling block into a stepping stone. When we learn from our failure and grow from our failure, in fact, there's a book called The Art of and Fear, Art and Fear, And in the book, it it suggests that failure is an indispensable part of growing. And it refers to a study that was done way back. And in the study, they broke the, the class up into two groups. And the one group was gonna be graded on on taking clay and making pots. And the amount of clay they used, it was all about the quantity of their work that they would be graded on. So if they produced 40 pounds worth of, uh, of, of, uh, of, of pots, 40 pounds worth of clay they used, they'd get an A. You know, 30 pounds, a B, and on and on it went. The other group was just graded on the, the quality. They were to only make one pot, just one. And they would be graded on the quality of that one perfect pot. But here's what they found in that study. It was a bit surprising. They found that the people that were working on quantity also ended up with the best pots. And it seems, why would that happen? It seems that every time they were making another pot, they were learning and growing from their mistakes. And so they ended up with the better results at the end of the day. And that is how failure can work for us. It can 
instead of being a stumbling block, we can turn it into a stepping stone. When we have a failure, we learn from it. We write down those lessons. We apply those lessons in our lives. If we don't learn from our failure, we're destined to repeat it. But when we learn from it, there's this writing called My Autobiography in Five Short Chapters. And it goes like this. I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I'm lost. I'm helpless. It's not my fault. It takes forever to find a way out. Chapter two. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I still don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in the same place. It isn't my fault. It still takes me a long time to get out. Chapter three, I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it. I still fall in. It's a habit. It is my fault. I know where I am and I get out immediately. Chapter four, I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk and I walk around it. Chapter five, I walk down a different street. (laughs) That's how failure can work for you. Friend, as my dad used to say, failure is not final unless you let it be. Falling down doesn't make you a failure. Staying down does. So today is the day to rise up. One of my favorite movies is Well, it's an old movie called Chariots of Fire. It's based on a true story about two runners, a Scottish runner named Eric Liddell and a a British runner named uh, Harold Abrams. They both would make the Olympic team and they both would go on to win gold medals. It's a very inspiring story. But in the run-up to the Olympics, they race against each other and uh, Liddell beats Abrams and Abrams crushed by his defeat. And there's a scene where he's in the stands and he's licking his wounds and having a bit of a pity party. And he's talking with his fiance. And while she has a way of straightening him out, watch this scene. This is absolutely ridiculous. It's a race you've lost, not a relative. Nobody's dead. For goodness sake, snap out of it, Harold. You're behaving like a child. I lost. I know. I was there, remember, watching. It was marvelous. You were marvelous. He was marvelous, that's all. On the day the best man won. I had to look for him. It's absolutely fundamental. You never look. He was ahead. There was nothing you could have done. He won fair and square. Well, that's that, Abrahams. Well, if you can't take a beating, perhaps it's for the best. I don't run to take beatings. I run to win. If I can't win, I won't run. If you don't run, you can't win. If you don't run, you can't win. So today is the day to rise up. Failure is not final. Let's turn that stumbling block into a stepping stone. Amen. Well, each week we've had the chance to hear from someone that is doing a bit of water walking themselves. And I want you to hear from a gentleman who I had have just such admiration for him and his wife, Brett Bymaster. He was an electrical engineer. Then he served on a pastoral team here in the Valley. And then God called him to start him and his wife, Dr. Angie to start Healing Grove Health Center. You know, they're wonderful parents. They have four kids. Three of them are adopted uh, from Sudan. And they do so much in serving our community. And I've asked him to come and share a little bit of his water walking journey with you. So would you welcome Brett? Well, thanks, Pastor Ken. Um, You know, I have this friend named Pastor Jairo Sarmiento. He's a Spanish-speaking Honduran pastor who has this really strong 
prophetic gift. And back in November of 2018, Pastor Hiro came to my wife and I and said, you know, uh, Brett, I, I wanna let you know that, that, that we're praying for you. And I thought to myself, oh, that's, that's so nice. Spoiler alert, uh, when somebody prays for you and invites you to get out of the boat, it is exhilarating, difficult, painful. It's a lot of things, but it's, it's not nice. And so Pastor Hiro and his wife came over to my house uh, uh, to, to, to sit down with my wife and I, and they said, we've been praying for you, and this is what the Lord's vision for your future is. And we were like, okay, let's see about that. And so he opens the Bible to Revelation 22. Revelation 22 has this beautiful passage by the Apostle John that describes what heaven will look like. And in this passage, there is a throne, and out of the throne, there is a river. The river is crystal clear, and it flows not through a garden, but through a city. And on each side of that river, there are trees, the leaves of which bring the healing of the nations. And Pastor Hiro paused right there and said, God's call for you is to start a, a clinic right here in San Jose, uh, which will bring the healing of the nations to Silicon Valley. And so my wife, you know, my wife's a family physician. We began to pray about it and think about it. And as we began to pray about it, we felt this deep sense of urgency, like God saying, go, go, go. And we're like, it's 2019. What could possibly happen? God was calling us to get out of the boat. And so as we began to, to pray about it and, and, and think about it, you know, uh, it, it was difficult. So Towards the, the end of, of 2019, you know, my, I, I left my job as a, as a pastor here in the valley, and then my wife set her last day of her job as March 12th, 2020, <laughs> and we all know what happened next. She was working at a small nonprofit clinic, and so uh, uh, we began to plan and, and, and launch this clinic, you know. And uh, we, didn't have, we didn't have enough money. We didn't have time to get our, all of our ducks in a row. And in the midst of that, Jesus was saying, get out of the boat into the chaotic waters of a global pandemic. Uh, uh, so we, we began to do construction in the midst of the pandemic. And, you know, uh, we, we didn't have enough money. We were struggling to meet the mortgage. We had college bills for my son that's a senior in college that, that we were struggling to pay and we were trying to retrofit. There's a facility that had been sitting empty for 10 years, actually just up the street, less than a mile from here. And uh, I remember one day we got a construction bill. We got this huge construction bill that we, we, just, we just couldn't pay. We didn't have enough to pay for it. And we're like, God, you called us to do this. What is going on? And, you know, we were drowning. And I, I just remember that feeling, reaching out to Jesus saying, Lord, please help me. A couple of days later, a check came in the mail for $50,000 from a guy that I've never even met. I don't even know who this guy is. I, to this day, still haven't met this guy. Over and over again, we fell into the hole. You know, over and over again, we experienced failure. But as Pastor Ken just told us, failure is not final. And it's just been incredible to see what God has done. I wanna share with you what God has done through Healing Grove Health Center in the past year. You know, we've been able to distribute more than $5.5 million to more than 1,000 families who lost their jobs and fell behind on their rent here in the Valley. We've been able to provide more than 10,000 free COVID tests to low-income Spanish-speaking Latinos with almost 2,500 positives. You know, through our partnership with Reaching Out, we were able to deliver uh, food to more than 2,000 addresses of families who were quarantined because they had COVID. Now, here's the most incredible thing I'm so excited to tell you about. Through our partnership, through Healing Grows partnership with Reaching Out, we've been able to distribute more than 96,000 packages of foods to 20,000 families in the past six months. Now, how did we do that? Well, here's what's interesting. We were able to get a $1.4 million grant in partnership between Healing Grove Health Center, Cathedral of Faith, and Reaching Out. And what we've done is use that money to employ low-income families who lost their jobs and fell behind on the rent because of COVID to distribute food to families who are facing hunger because they lost their jobs because of the pandemic. Isn't it beautiful how God works? And most importantly, we've seen scores of people turn their lives 
toward Jesus in the past several months through our work at Healing Grove Health Center. You know, here's what's so powerful about this water walking passage that Ken has been teaching us about over the past few weeks. You know, the kind of the glitzy part is Jesus and Peter walk on waters in the midst of the storm. But that's not the end of the story. This is how Matthew records the end of the story. He says, people brought all their sick to Jesus and begged Jesus to just let the sick touch the edge of his cloak. And not some, but all who touched it were healed. You know, this story starts with God calling my my wife, Dr. Angie, and I to step out of the boat into the chaos of a global pandemic. And the story ends with hundreds and thousands of people experiencing healing through the power of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to ask you, you know, how might God be calling you to step out of your boat, out into the chaotic sea? Maybe God's calling you to take a risk in your business or your job. Maybe God's calling you to take a risk in your family or your neighborhood or your school. Well, I want to invite you, if you'd like to step out of your boat along with Healing Grove Health Center, I want to invite you to get involved. We're looking for people that want to become members at Healing Grove Health Center to to receive your uh, medical care through Healing Grove. And every one of our paying members funds two low-income uninsured people to be able to receive Christian care from Dr. Angie. Or maybe you'd like to step out of your boat into an act of generosity. We're looking for people who'd like to sponsor a family to receive Christian healthcare, healthcare that both values Western medicine and the healing power of Jesus Christ. Well, however you're gonna step out of the boat, I want you to know that failure is not final, that it is difficult, it's painful, it's exhilarating, it's exciting. But Jesus has a call for us to bring healing to all of those that touch him. Brett, thank you, thank you so much for sharing your story. And thank you and Dr. Angie for your sacrifice, for your commitment. What an example of, of what it looks like to get out of the boat and onto the water. And, and we're so honored that you're a part of the Cathedral Church family. And we're also honored to, to partner with you. And, and Brett, I know we hadn't planned this, but I wanted to, on behalf of Cathedral of Faith, give a $10,000 check toward Healing wow, Grove. So Man, we love you and we appreciate all that you're doing. And you know, for those that are watching, as, as Brett issued his encouragement to you, where's Jesus calling you to get out of the boat and onto the water? Let me give you a pastoral nudge to take that leap of faith. And if you're sinking today, cry out to Jesus. And hear Dan and Carol coming to sing that song, There is Always Jesus. Every time I try to make it on my own, every time I try to stand, I start to fall. And all those lonely roads that I've traveled on, there was Jesus. Mm-hmm. When the life I built came crashing to the ground, when the friends I had were nowhere to be found, I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now. There was Jesus. There was Jesus. In the waiting, in the searching, in the healing, in the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces. Every minute, every moment, where I've been and where I'm going, even when I didn't know it or couldn't see it. There was Jesus. There was Jesus. For this man who needs amazing kind of grace and forgiveness at a price I could not pay. I'm not perfect, so I thank God every day. 
In the valleys, oh, there was Jesus. In the shadows of the alley, oh, there was Jesus. Thank you so much for being a part of today's service. I so appreciate your involvement in our online community. If you need prayer, I want to hear from you. Love to hear from you. And don't forget, right after this is the wrap. It's a way to take the message deeper and further. And thank you for being on this water walking journey with us. Remember, failure is not final. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Hello, This is our time that we get to unpack and take out all the good nuggets that Pastor Ken has just shared with us. He had an amazing message. And here we have some very, very fun special guests. All my friends, we have Isaiah, Sarah, Dallas, and Alyssa. And we can't wait to share all the key takeaways that Pastor Ken has instilled in us to share with you guys. So Dallas, let's take it away. Okay, so the first thing that, um, the thing that popped up to me was when he said, um, your failure does not change his love for you. He loves you in the midst of your failure. Mm. And that really, really stuck out to me because there are times when I am struggling through something or I'm going through this valley and there's times where I literally have told myself, I don't want to ask for forgiveness. Mm. I don't want to talk to God because I feel like I am so tainted, I'm so tarnished, I'm so like broken. That's like, he's not gonna wanna forgive me. And even if he does, like I tell myself, I know he's just gonna like, I'm just gonna mess up again. So I don't wanna disappoint God. And then this reminds me that like, that's not how God loves work. His love is consistent and he already expects us to fail. He already expects us to fall because he already knows us. And so when we go to him, like that's what he wants us to do. And it reminds me of the scripture, um, Romans 8:38, which says, um, I am convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And it's that like, no matter what we go through, no matter what we do, God's love is always going to remain consistent Amen. and is always Amen. going to like stay with us even through our like worst times. Yeah, that and is so strong. I love that point. That's really powerful, especially uh, one of my favorite points was when he talked about uh, the tattoo where it was like, it's not a failure, it's a lesson. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. a lot yeah. of us have gone through so many failures and a lot of mistakes in our times. Like sometimes we all sometimes you want to go to bed and all of a sudden you just remember that one embarrassing moment from middle school. Stop. <laughs> you know much. that feeling. You know that feeling. It's like, it's a lesson. You got to know. You learned it already that it's mm -hmm. popping up in your mind or you're learning to yourself, I've done it before. I know not to do it again. Mm -hmm. I know where to correct my mistakes. And mm -hmm. even if there's bad stuff coming to you, even if there's doubt, even if there's misery mm -hmm. or anything coming at your life, you know that it's a lesson to be learned and that it'll grow 
it will make you become stronger and better as, really an, as you grow really up. really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of one of my favorite quotes. I forget who said it. Um, but it's, we grow through what we go through. Ooh, that is <laughs> good. Um, that is good. Thank you, thank you. Um, and it also reminds me of the one of the verses that Pastor Ken said today was Proverbs 24, 16, where it says, though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. Um, and I don't know if a lot of people know, but I suffer from depression and anxiety, which I think a lot of young people also deal with. Um, and there are days when, like, I don't even want to get out of bed, and I don't want to look at my phone. I don't want to do anything. Um, and so that uh, verse just, like, really reminds me that even though I feel like I'm falling or I'm in a valley, like, there's always a mountain up top. There's always going to be another hill that I can climb, and that um, it's not always going to be a bad day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And to bounce off of that feeling, like Pastor Ken talked about, is part of the human condition. But I know us as young adults, we don't always see that right now because social media is so big. So you only see the big parts of people's lives, you know, the good things. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what social media is for, to like brag about your life. And so when you're going through, you know, those valleys, it's hard to have hope and courage because you're seeing everybody else's like, the top of life right now and you're so low um and so we just have to remember that we don't see uh the valleys that people go through and god sees us though so that's Amen. really yeah. awesome to know i know it's so hard to go through your feed and i'm like wow they're eating a delicious chicken sandwich and i'm over here eating like Megan, I, that's oh, you <laughs> eating desserts. oh my gosh this looks so good <laughs> anyway but uh to, to bounce off that one yeah. my favorite key takeaway from pastor ken sermon was when he said failing forward yeah. I was like, what? Failing forward? I always fail backwards. Like when I fail, I'm like, wow, I really just took 10 steps back and I was uh, not doing great and I have failed so much that I cannot regain. But in um, Pastor Ken's, he talked about the clay and the bowl and how people that actually failed more times, grew more, which I believe too, because that's like a compound effect. Like you're in the growth mindset that when you are set in your ways of perfecting one thing and not making any mistakes, Mm -hmm. that's when you stop growing because you plateaued. That actually reminds me of something that my mom always taught me. Mm. She always taught us that like, if we have a test, um, always look at the things that you got wrong. Mm -hmm. So if you got, let's say like a eight out of 10 on some kind of math test, it's great. You already know those other eight things you great. What are the two things that you missed? And so I was always taught that like, um, not to like dwell on your failures, Mm -hmm. but look at them, study your failures and see like, okay, I messed up here, here and here. So then when you take it again, you know that, okay, I know not to do that again, or I understand this more um, than before. So I really like that point. Just remind me of Oh, Good wise words from Miss Crayola. Miss Crayola giving us those wise words. But yeah, um, when you fail, you grow more. So I just love that aspect that Pastor Ken instills in us. We fail. Even as young adults, like it's so hard to think that we're going to fail. Like we have so much in front of us that we need to, we need to get this A. We got to get into this college. We got to get this money so that we can get this car. You know, like those are the thoughts in our mind. Mm -hmm. But Pastor Ken is instilling in us that no, we're going to fail because there's more in store for us than just what we think's in front of us. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. So Alyssa, would you like to close off with? of course. So, uh, Pastor Ken said, if you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. And that's from Ecclesiastes 11.4. And it's so true because like Megan was saying, if you're waiting for, you know, need to get that A, need to get into that perfect college, you're not going to be satisfied with your life. And that's okay because God knows what's in store for you and nobody's perfect. So yeah, we're not perfect. Raise your hand if you are not perfect. We are not perfect. I hope you're raising your hand out there to Cathedral. So if uh, we just want to take this away with you this week, Cathedral, if you think you're having a perfect week next week, think again, because God wants you to grow and he wants to be there with you. When you are having those downfalls in your week, cry out to the Lord. Pastor Pastor Ken says, cry out to the Lord because God is there to comfort you and be with you during those failures. So thank you guys so much for being with me here on The Wrap. Love it. And as we say, at the end, it's a wrap!